Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Film Review. Movies, music, culture, politics, society, podcast. Interviews, movie reviews, and more. Live Sundays at 5.30 p.m. on the Film Review Live channel. Subscribe. Hi, this is Bernadette Stannis, Thelma from Good Times, and you're watching the Film Review. Oh, I, 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 what's going on, people? This is another great episode of... The film Hashtag TFR <laughs> Podcast Live yes. The Film Review Movies, Music, Culture, yeah. Politics, Society Podcast And yeah. do we have a great jam-packed yeah. show for yep. you It is the last show where wow. we're going to be featuring films wow. That are great for American Blacks and the Black Diaspora wow. To watch during Halloween, because when we come on next week, it's going to be November 1st. Wow. Can you believe it? Just a couple of days before, just a couple of days before God. the election. Can you believe that? No. This is episode 136 of hashtag TFR Podcast Live. We want to say what's up to everyone that is checking in and, uh, with us tonight on Periscope, Vimeo, right. FB, and the Film Review right. Life Channel. That's right. The right. Film Review Life Channel on YouTube. Make sure you go there. Subscribe. Press subscribe. Subscribe. Right. Subscribe. Smash subscribe. Smash right. like. Smash share on all the various right. platforms. Make sure that you become, you follow, you friend, right. you subscribe yes. because we here at hashtag TFR Podcast Life bring you the reviews that save you pocket revenue. You know what I mean? Because we're watching all these films and we're saying, hey, these are the films that you will be glad that you spent money on, right? Yep. So the phone line for night, 213-943-3358. 213-943-3358. So as usual, before we get started with some fun facts about Halloween, we start with the Film Review Podcast Blurbs of the Week. How was your week? The American Black Politics. So, how was your week? So, this week. Again, the week just like flew by. Like, October is going by so fast. Mm-hmm. But the weather has been nice. So, the weather was nice this week. So, that was, that was a pretty good week. Yeah, nothing, to com- nothing too much to complain about, right? Right. Right, 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 right. So, people, as we get started on this episode, like I said, we'd like to thank everyone who has yeah. 
chimed in with us tonight. Make sure you smash the like button, the share button, because we have some fun facts about Halloween. So we're going to start with that first, right? So here's some fun facts about the Halloween season. Okay. October 31st in particular. Willow Smith okay. was born in 2000 on the 31st of wow. October. Willow Smith, you know, Jada yeah. and Wills, Willow Smith was born in 2000 on October 31st. Wow. In 435 AD, okay. uh, Romulus mm -hmm. Augustulus mm -hmm. was named the Western Roman Empire's Emperor, hmm. right? Okay. 475 AD. In 1941, after 14 years of work, okay. Mount Rushmore was completed wow. in 1941 okay. on October 31st. Hmm. On Halloween, right? 2011. The global population reached 7 hmm. billion. The global population reached 7 billion. The United Nations recognizes the day of 7 billion is October 31st, 2011, hmm. right? 2015, okay. the Metro jet flight. Now, this is some not so fun facts, okay. right? Okay. 2015, the Metro jet flight. 9268 was bombed over the northern uh, Sinai Peninsula, mm -hmm. killing all 224 people aboard. That was back in 2015. Do you remember 2017? A truck drives into a crowd in lower Manhattan, oh, yeah, New York City, yeah. killing eight people. Do yeah. you remember that? Yeah, I remember that. That was a terrorist attack. Yeah. Have you noticed what we haven't... Yeah, we haven't had any terrorist attacks. We haven't had any non-domestic... Yeah, because we've had domestic... Terrorist attacks, Yeah, but right? non-domestic in a number of years. Since Trump said, you know, he was saying that we have to just figure it out. Right. We haven't had one, right? So let's see. Deaths. Uh, there's been a lot of deaths on October 31st, but one that's real notable that people would know. Rosalind Cash died in 95, 1995, wow. October 31st. And that's Johnny Cash's wife. That's right. right. So that's what makes it notable. You know, I okay. told the line. But anyway, Halloween 2020. Okay. This year falls on a Saturday. It was going to be off the chain in 2020, but not so much. The last time it fell on Saturday was 2015. Right. Right? So, it's not because of COVID, right. it's going to be tapped down, right? Right. So, before 2015, okay. the time before that was 2009. Okay. Before that was 1998. Okay. Before that, 1992. Okay. 87 and 81 was the last time that it fell on Saturday. And do you know when it's going to fall on Saturday again? Another fun fact. Smash the share button. Smash the like button as we talk about Halloween. Right. When? 25? It 25? won't drop 
on Saturday again until 2032. 32, wow. 12 years from now, I'll be 61, Gosh. right? I'll be 30. That's right. <laughs> Where you been, crazy boy? I've been... Where you been, charming crazy? I have been a single wife in the middle of the night. She's a young thing and cannot leave her mother. Anyway, okay, people. Daily Mail, right? All right. So we talked about that, right? Right. So... Let's get to the first, well, let's get to some memes because we have to do the memes, right? right. Memes of, of utmost importance. It is hot under the lights. Yeah, it's hot under the lights. Yes, it is. It's funny. So, so this, this meme was interesting. Okay. And I thought, you know, I would put this up. This came from a certain site. Okay. And it shows the power or the strength okay. of women. Right, when they had so I thought that that was a powerful uh, meme, and I said, "Hmm, let me just show this one to the people and let them take a gander at at this." Right. So here's another here's another meme. As we go through. Move for me. There we go. Alright. Now this is an interesting meme right here. Mm -hmm. The financial system lacks fairness, which is why we created Greenwood. Okay. Greenwood, financial bank. Mm -hmm. Question is, do you trust putting your money into that bank? Yes or no? What do you think? Okay, this is my first time hearing about it. Uh -huh. Well, I heard a little bit about it, but kind of in passing. Well, before he was talking about just going to the established black-owned banks. Okay, so who is this? Now, this, this is, is Killer, uh, Mike. Killer Mike. Okay, so he started a bank. He started a bank with financial people, I guess. Okay. Would you invest your money into that bank? Mm -hmm. Yes or no? Why or why not? Yes, I would invest my money because all banks are, um, what is it, U.S.? F FDIC. Yeah. Uh, secured FDA. up to uh, hundred. Yeah, because dollars. it's a secured bank. They wouldn't have given them permission to start one unless it was secured. What so. if it's a, uh, more like a credit union? But still, credit unions have to abide by rules, rules also, right? Right. Because I've also dealt with the credit union. Right. So, but yeah, I would invest a portion of my money. You would there. invest. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The 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 reason I'm I'm not hesitant, and we probably will open up an account at Greenwood. But my thing is dealing with knowing what has happened in the past and mm -hmm. how the government. Might do something can, dirty. Can pass legislation right. that makes it harder for a independent, you know, black bank. Right. I would say that, hmm, I, I would just look at it because there has been in the past mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. That we had a big black-owned bank right. in Cleveland, Ohio, that uh, shut down and people uh, lost their their savings really? in the bank. Yeah, I think really? um, I don't want to say any names. I'm going to double check it, but we'll talk about it. But okay. this has happened before, and we have to be sure. Okay. We have to be sure when we're putting our money in places that they are government proof. Okay. I'll say that because it's not on their end, but it's on the government and when they want to use your money and want to keep you necessarily in a bondage type state. Right. So I'll say that. Right. But I don't have anything against investing right. in Greenwood. So we just wanted to let you know about that. But, you know, pros and cons. Okay. Here's a good one that I thought was pretty interesting when I saw it. See if you Move it over and let me read it. If you, if you or a loved one watch the 2020 presidential debate, you may be entitled to compensation. <laughs> Call now. 983-927-THAT. Again, that number is what the F was that? <laughs> I thought that was a, a pretty good meme and I yeah. put that up to check that out right there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so here, here's another meme. Smash the like button, smash the share button as we get ready to start reviewing some great Holly. Halloween films, including Bad Hair. Right? Here's another meme. New Orleans dudes don't say thank you. They say, appreciate it, baby. Do you, did you get it? Appreciate it, baby. That's what appreciate, I mean. baby. Appreciate, right? Which means but appreciate, appreciate it, baby. Right. Right, right. You know, the person who wrote it said I had to read it a second time before I got it. Now, <laughs> here's some, here's an interesting name. It's about 40 or 45th president, right? And it reads this. Analyst, Trump's least racist claim falls flat for many, yet his campaign still holds appeal for some black men. Again, Trump's least racist comment falls flat for many, yet his campaign still holds appeal for some black men. I'm trying to figure out what this is with this gender split gender splitting is about I don't know I don't, really don't know what that's about it, it's, it's strange mm-hmm. it's weird what well, a page out of Willie Lynch a page out of Willie Lynch right that's exactly what it is a page out of Willie Lynch right right now here's one that was a meme that I said hmm somebody asked who who did this? Mm-hmm. Little dummy. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Using little Debbie's. Now don't be cursing little Debbie now, you know. Little Debbie 
Hello Debbie snacks used to taste good. I don't know what they taste like now. They used to taste good before they were taken over. Now, this meme right here is uh, a pretty funny meme. <laughs> they must serve some good biscuits and gravy at the Georgia Department of Corrections. <laughs> Why? Let's see. I'm trying to see if I can see the picture. Oh, let me bring it up bigger for you. See that? They must serve good biscuits. Look at that. Oh. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We 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 won't have any shortage in finding the Santa Claus for the Christmas party. Just pick one. Okay, people. Alright. So here's a question for you. Here's a question for you. Okay. Tracy. Okay. All of them are having a concert in your city tonight. Right. Who you gonna who you gonna want who you gonna see? So who's at the top? Is that Janet? That's Mary, Janet. Mariah. Who's the other one? That is Beyonce. Okay, well you already know. Tell me who do you think I'm gonna go see? Um, Janet, Miss Jackson. If you nasty, no, you're going to see uh, <laughs> Beyonce. That's right. You're going to see Beyonce, right? That's right. Who would you go see? Uh, our chat. It's open on FB as well as on the Film Review Life channel. You can just type in who you would see and we'll we'll mention who you said. Because then one night it's it's possible to go to do concerts. So I would hit up Beyonce's concert and afterward I would hit up Janet's concert. Is it possible it's they possible. start at the same time? Now this right here is one of the more creepier oh. images that I saw. And I said, who yeah, is girl. doing who is doing this and who would do that? Who would do that to their Your lips? lips? Look raw. Who would do that to their lips? Like like raw meat. I mean, it's always it, it's always seems like it's the Caucasians pumping the lips up, and then the sisters they have the naturally full lips, and they're not getting that oh you know getting accolades. No, that's a, ho a, a Halloween meme. That that is a Halloween thing. <laughs> That's a Halloween thing, right? It's a meme. It's a meme. It's a thing. Okay, people. Here's another. Here's another meme. Before we start, before we break into the show. Okay. Uh, here it is. Let me move it over just a little so that you can see it better. Let me make it a little larger so that you can see it. So. This person is a Biden supporter, okay. right? You can tell by what they wrote, which means that to me, they're under meritorious manumission. Okay, so the person, now we've been talking now on hashtag observations, TFR, that comes on Monday through Friday, 9.30 a.m. Pacific, 12.30 p.m. Eastern. Right. Uh, hosted by myself and my guest, special guest host, my sister Tanya M. Congress, we've been breaking down Biden's plan and talking about what Biden did before and what he did. So this person, I guess, decided to put together a meme talking about what Biden did that was positive. Okay. 1975, Biden took on redlining. 1982, Biden uh, secured the extension of the Voting Rights Act that that was 
going to be a mandatory three. In 1988, Biden co-sponsored the Fair Housing Act, which if the Democrats was right, they would never have to keep on doing Fair Housing Act because in 65, when it was done, it should have been done. But that Fair Housing Act opened up to immigrants. But anyway, another story for another time. 2009 to 2016, Biden served alongside our first black president. Whoop-de-woo, the president picked him. He didn't pick him. Twenty Would he have picked? Anyway. 2018, Biden received the Civil Rights Museum's Freedom Award. All right? Okay. He, he received that, but yet he did, uh, he, he talked about the urban jungles and one of his kids going to school with black kids. You know, he uh, that was in the 70s. In the 80s, he did the 100 to 1 uh, crack cocaine to uh, powder cocaine, which right. decimated the black community. Right. And then uh, 10 years later, he came with, what did he come with, people? Of course, you know, 100, uh, come three strikes. Well, you already had two strikes. You get the three strikes, you go to go away for life. So, yeah, you know, he's. I guess he did some good things. I guess that's how they justify voting for Biden. All right, people. Which gets us to our first review of the night. And as we always tell you, always, that we have no dog in the hunt because we're not voting for racist one, racist two, because we're not. Because until reparations is put on the go watch episodes 1 through 43 of Observations TFR, okay? Yeah, but you know, when you just showed the Biden the list that someone put up I uh-huh. mean, it's just like no need to even comment on that because I'll find that you know, you just just different people think differently some people are um some people are comfortable with having um, nothing done that uh, that benefits them or their people. Some people are just com- compliant or complicit. Some people are complicit with um, little crumbs, right? Because while Biden was in office with Obama, um, I'm trying to remember. Let's see. I know um, who uh, Trayvon Martin, uh, Tamir Rice, Sandra Bland, and there were so many others. It was a Freddie Gray? Yeah. Like all of those different uh, murders, whether it was by police or whether it was Zimmerman, a pretend policeman. While Biden was in office with Obama, there wasn't any laws passed, such as the Justice Act law. Or no. something similar to the uh, George Floyd uh, Justice Act bill. Right. No, no, so no, while no. they were in office all that time, and black men and women were being murdered on the streets, innocent black men, women, and men, President Obama and Biden did nothing about it. Nothing. So that what you just showed me that means nothing to me. That means nothing. Because, like you said, the Fair Housing Act. That was implemented for the around during that period. Different other uh, groups, ethnic groups, were coming into the country called minorities. Right, so that was to benefit them. That had nothing to do with the black community. That's so, right. Yeah. 
So, I mean, just to be clear, we have to clarify when people put up nonsense. We have to clarify that nonsense. Okay, because just lastly, I just want to say it's easy to um, it's easy to make simple people feel good about little stupid crap stuff that's thrown against the wall, hoping it'll stick, right? But people who are critical thinkers, we just don't we just don't fall into uh, any little old thing that's thrown to us. We're like our mind is constantly thinking. We're using critical thinking skills, so we know the history and we know what was done. We we you can't just pacify us by just throwing something in front of us. So you know that's for the simple. That was for the simple. That's for the simple. So. The first review of the night, people. The first review of the night is bad hair, right? Let's see. Bad hair on Hulu 2020. We have been waiting on this film since it was announced. Was it worth the wait? Early. We're gonna we're gonna talk about it since way early. Earlier this year, they re- they talked about it coming. Bad hair, so it debuted on October 23rd. If you haven't seen Bad Hair, I suggest that you see this movie because it was for me. It was definitely worth the wait. It was definitely worth the wait. So let's let's go through it. Ellie Lorraine is Anna Bloodsoe. Jay Farrow is Julius. Lena Waithe is Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Vanessa Williams is Zora. And Zora has a initial story beat at the beginning of the film. There's something very traumatic that happens to the main protagonist in this film and Zora's product I'll say has something to do with it so you have to uh, look out for that because you might miss it because we watched it twice you know what I mean because it was so much to capture and so much lore to get that we watched it twice right Kelly Rowland is Sandra right and um it is directed and and written by Justin Simeon, right? Let's say, um, I just want to say that Justin Simeon, he spoke about this project like maybe a year and a half ago. We heard him during an interview mm-hmm. because we reviewed his other show, Dear White People. That's right. So he's the creator of that. So while he was being interviewed for uh, Dear White People, he talked about this. Um, bad hair project that he was working on so yeah. we have been like anxiously waiting on it so yeah we were waiting on it right yeah. we, we we knew that it would be a good product right but so so let's go through the synopsis okay. taking place in the late 80s new jack jam and lewis janet bobby brown era full of slave lore tales one in particular a woman dreams of advancing her career as a VJ producer and is willing to go through the pain to get 
quote unquote good hair from quote unquote bad hair. Is it worth the cost? Right? Let me tell you something. This film is full of, you know, as the director said, as we as we get into it, as we talk, as we're gonna go and uh, uh, press an interview piece that he was in. This, there is a subgenre in Japanese films about hair horror. I'll call it right, like the grudge. Yeah, that was hard. You know, and so this film, you are in. A to you are totally gripped by this film, I'm gonna say. You are gripped by this film from beginning to end, the way that they depict the weave. From the very beginning, this is the 80s, this is like when it first began, right? And so, the way it's depicted and the way it's described and the way that it is uh, done, mm -hmm. It's based on true fact. I know that uh, I know that Jason, I mean Justin Simeon, right. researched this, right? Right. Because back uh, in February 6th of 2013, in the Daily Mail, there was an article called "From Blinding Headache to Bleeding Scalp and Permanent Baldness." The hidden dangers of hair extensions revealed, right? Yeah. And so, I mean, he really reviewed, I mean, he really... You decided to use... He really covered ground with this piece, right? And we have an interview piece that we're getting ready to play right now. So get ready for this because he really goes into what he was thinking and it has some of the cast so we want to go through and play this because you should be watching this film for Halloween yeah. and beyond because it is just yeah. that good well and written wait until we break down yeah. you know you know various categories we break down from cinematography yeah. to right. believability and all that right Stay tuned for that, but this is an interview that they did, and of course we're gonna stop and give commentary in between, you know, give context, you know how we do. So check this out right here. You decided to use the horror satire genre to talk about society's relationship with black women and their hair, black women and their own relationship with their hair, and why was this the way you wanted to tell the story? Um, you know, it started off uh, having a conversation about uh, Japanese and Korean horror films in particular, where there is a bit of a subgenre for hair horror. Uh, and I had seen a movie called The Wig and a movie called Extensions and was like, this feels so... Those movies themselves are not very American, but I felt like there's an American story in this. And I just sort of... I grew up with those 70s, 80s, sort of gritty, kind of Brian De Palma, sort of psychological thriller, kind of sat satirical mashups. 
and I just felt like, wow, I'd love to see something like this, but with our people in it and about an issue that I felt was important. And, uh, you know, all of the women in the film are named after my mom and her sisters. Uh, I feel like I owe a debt of gratitude to black women. And uh, I just felt like I, I felt like that was a, a the system that sort of marginalizes uh, and oppresses black women and sort of, I didn't really want to moralize getting a weave or not. I wanted to sort of make us something about like the system that sort of gives people just one or two choices in order to move ahead. I wanted to take that system to task and I just, I thought it'd be a really fun way to do that. Well, how did you guys relate to this as women? I personally have never had a sew-in weave, but I did perm my hair for most of my life until I was about 16 and then realized this doesn't look good on me and I don't like the feeling of it. And I just woke up one day and was like, my hair feels dead, I'm done with this. And I started locking it. And that was its own journey of hair, especially being an actor with locks. No one knew what I was doing or why or what, how to do it or work with it. And um, I almost lost a job because the hairstylist told the director, like, I can't do anything with that. And it took me, before I locked my hair, it took me a year to decide to do it. Because I was weighing, I'm an actor, I'm trying to, is this something I want to do? I'm going to limit myself for roles. Do I care? Like, it, it was a lot of soul searching before I decided that this is something I wanted to do in my heart outside of my business. But how many women outside of the black community have to go through that? Take a year yeah. to yeah. decide about a hairstyle. So this for me was like a validating, like, I see you moment. Yeah. What do you think about that? You know, taking that, taking a whole year to decide if you want to yeah. go natural yeah. or, or twist or lock. Yeah. Like, what do you think about that? Is that something that would be really a concern? When, yeah, I, because, you know, Whoopi Goldberg, right. they, Whoopi Goldberg always had locks. Well, see, it depends on a person, and, and we've always seen Whoopi with locks, but we don't know her journey. We don't know if it took her a year to decide if she wanted to decide to lock her hair, right? Whoopi Goldberg. No, but remember, she made it. Is. She made it from off of doing her her one woman show, right? Right. And remember, Ghost. Right. They put a wig yeah, over the locks. They did. They put a wig over the locks, but we don't know what Whoopi's prior to her doing her one woman show before us as the audience. Before Whoopi was introduced to us, we don't know what her hair journey was, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So, but as an actress, you know, I can see where she was going with trying to figure out what to do with her hair because, like, I know, like, on my journey, when I went from, like, I didn't have a choice. Most of us back then, like, we had, like, grandmothers who would press our hair out, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then once you became of age, then, you know, your mother would put the, what is it, the kitty kit in, right? So... How old was that? I guess kitty kit was maybe, what, 12, 13, maybe? 10, and why, 10? And why were people getting kitty kits I believe they in? were, it was being done because, like everything else, a fad, right? It was a fad, it was on the market, you know? They saw the ads in Jet Magazine, Ebony Magazine. They saw the commercials during Soul Train, right? So it was just, it was a fad like everything else. Like right now you see people uh, putting the, the 
pink or blue or purple like clip-ins in their hair like if they don't want to dye their real hair they'll put the clip-in mm -hmm. so all it was is a, a hairstyle fad right just like people went through the the with jerry curl and uh, was the wave nouveau fad just different hairstyles right okay so was that a low self-esteem mm -hmm. thing I'm just asking, was right. that a low self-esteem thing to right. women because they didn't, uh, American black no, women, because I, they didn't like their hair? No, I think it was more of a, a, a fad, just like today. Like you see women who, I remember that fad where some women had the, the gray in their hair, right? Young people, they dyed their hair, they had gray in it. And so, I mean, it was just a fad because luckily... When you go natural, like such as like what I decided to do, you like in my what twenties, mid twenties. So I wanted the ability to be able to play with my hair. So what I did was when I wanted to wear well, first of all, I had to I let the perm grow out. Some people cut it off and just go completely short hair, or some people go bald. But I just let mine gradually like grow out. So I just did like braids or French rolls, um, ponytails. And every time I went to the beautician, she would cut it out little by little. So meanwhile, while she's cutting out little by little, my natural hair is growing in. So I never went straight into the short hairstyle, right? With natural hair. I went into the natural hair phase with, um, I guess, with shoulder length hair. So I didn't want to do the chop, so I let it slowly grow out. But what I loved, what I love about natural hair is when you want it to be full and curly, it is in a full curly natural state. If you want to press it out, like I go to my beautician and she'll just take the flat iron and she'll press it out if I want that look, right? You have, I feel you have more um, versatility. versatility with your hair when it's natural. Because first of all, you're not putting any chemicals in it, so that's a plus, right? And you have, like you said, versatility. You can press it out if you want it to be straight. If you want it to be thick in its natural state, you can leave it in its natural state. You can braid it. You can, you know, do twists. You can, you can do so much more with it with, when it's in its natural state. That's how some people, the process some people take. And some people, like process here. Some people like for their hair to be straight all the time. Some people don't want their hair like in curls or curly. Some people want it just flat straight, which is fine for them. So mm -hmm. as women, we have that the diversity. We have, you know, because being a little girl, I remember my mother would always say, um, oh, you know, we have the ability to play with our hair and do so many things with our hair, you know, being women or, you know, being girls. And like with the makeup, you can mm -hmm. play with the makeup. She always said that um, we can wear any shade of makeup, right? And mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, it's just it's just about style. It's just like fashion. So I don't think when when people put weaves in their hair, they hate themselves or they're trying to be somebody else. That's not the case. It's just like clothing, changing clothes, changing hairstyles. Like every season, there's a new style, whether it's a, a, a color for that season, an outfit for that season, a particular shoe, a certain shade of makeup for that season. It's just uh, it's just fashion style changing up your look. That's all. It has nothing to do with self-hate. It's just having fun.
Just like you did I with definitely your dolls relate to like every the piece of this film. Like I was talking about at the premiere last night, whether it's washing my hair in the bathtub, getting a um, relaxer at a very young age, um, having a sew-in. I have a sew-in now. And it's interesting, it juxtaposes to the film because I have a sew-in as a form of protection for my natural hair. In an industry where I'm constantly getting my hair done and no one knows how to protect my own hair. Mm. So it's a form of protection mm. for me. I, mm. I am grateful for my sew-in because that's how I can maintain the integrity of my natural hair. And I think that's something that a lot of people might not know yeah. about black yeah. women and what we're dealing with in the industry. But I've been through every, I've also walked into rooms where I felt like maybe people didn't see me, maybe saw me less because of my natural hair mm -hmm. or didn't, um, I wasn't as validated because of having this big natural hair that nobody really understood except for people that looked like me. Every part of bad hair has been cathartic for me. Mm. And I think it's been cathartic for all of us Absolutely. in some way. And you know what's changing when you start seeing it on the runways. Mm. You know, you start seeing it on the runways, you start seeing natural hair, and then you start seeing some people kind of mess it up, you know, in, in, in um, their own kind of way. I'm sorry, I just went totally left. Um, because I just remembered something that I just saw. Um, and it the was, wigs? Yes. The wigs! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's an, an, an example of, you know, misrepresentation. But um, getting back to bad hair, yeah. um, yes, absolutely. I, I think that um, there have been many times. But, I mean, can we just go back to the, like, that time period of, like, 89? Mm where you know the the hair was it it was like it to have that weave that specific weave and Justin was very specific about <laughs> that that Janet Jackson weave and you just wonder how this woman is tossing her head left <laughs> and right ever yeah. so quickly and it's not flying across the room it's because she's got that thing on yeah. and it's yeah. beautiful and it looks effortless and that's what we wanted you know what I mean? it made it look easy mm -hmm. you know what I mean and I think that for so long we were told as black women well I don't know what to do with that and this is hard or mm. you know what I mean it's always a scrunched face or a, or a complaint when it comes to taking care of our natural hair and this was an, a new easy it was my dream come true <laughs> <laughs> it was my dream come true. I, I mean, I remember like the first time meeting Janet and stuttering. So to get this opportunity, I was like, okay, so I go home and look at tapes and me and Justin were like ha having different notes while I was recording. And she plays a Janet-esque yeah. character. Yes. Kelly Rowland yeah. plays Sandra. Yes. She's a secondary character, yes. but she plays a big part, a big inspiration yeah. in the protagonist's life. Yeah, she does. It's just pretty much like Kelly Rowland said that Janet played mm -hmm. in her life by what she said about that weave and yeah. that pleasure principle. Yeah. You know, where that yeah. weave, where she was doing the pleasure principle yeah. and that hair was bouncing around and it wasn't, yeah. you know, the wig didn't fall off, right? right? Because it wasn't a wig, it was something new. Right. Right. And this is what this movie really, you know, really examines is that era and that period, right? Right. But it's something that is catastrophic that happens right. that you just have to see this film, right? You just have to see this film. Now, Moving on from that interview, you can, you can see that on YouTube. Yeah. Let me tell you that we constantly talk about good hair, bad hair. It comes, right. it comes back into the lexicon. Right. It stays 
with us constantly. And it's something that we have to get off of that wheel and get into a mind, get out the mindset and get into a mind state where it doesn't matter. Right. Right. Now, a perfect example of how it keeps coming up back in February 1988. A classic movie was released called School Days. Right. And there is a musical number, right? Yeah. Called The Wannabes and the Jigaboos Wannabe Like Me, right? Right. And it talks about good and bad hair. It talks about the weave. Right. And then later in 2009, Chris Rock delivered in October of 2009 Good Hair which was a documentary right? So you know so this is like the opening sequence to what's going on if you you, you haven't seen School Days you have to see School Days and if you haven't seen Good Hair by Chris Rock you have to see it so ever so often so 21 years to 11 years right because look at what they're doing in the schools right they're uh well different they're in different cities they are passing bills to protect the parents are really proactive right and they're making sure that uh there are bills being passed for their children and they're not being uh harassed for wearing their hair in a natural state right that's true so i guess they're kicking us off because i guess for them in certain areas of society it's some type of taboo to talk about wanting to wear your hair natural there's this push to want everybody to conform conform and look basically what they're comfortable with right do you remember years ago one of my uh, friends she uh did the chop with her hair she went totally natural and just chopped off all of her hair right and as soon as she chopped it off and went natural, I remember you teased her. You were saying, oh, well, if you go natural, chop it off. They're going to, what did you say? They're going to get rid of you or put you in the basement or something. Well, we laughed and joked about it because we thought it was crazy, right? Right. She did the chop, went natural. They asked her at work, are you okay? Yeah. Asked if she was going through any changes. And what did they do? They put her pretty much in the basement. Yeah, they demoted her and they, you know, made her move downstairs. Yeah. Underneath the lobby, as we call it, the basement. So, I mean, so, hey, that's why, you know, Facebook is kicking us off because for some crazy reason, it's controversial to want to be natural to talk about natural hair. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's that's really weird. It's really weird that they would kick us off talking about it, but it's okay because we're we're still on because my system just recalibrates and we come back around, right? So part two is coming. We're sharing it right now to the people. Now the so that was the clip that I cut up of that to talk. Uh, over it right and yeah. such a disappointment when they do things like that and they kick us off mm-hmm. because we're on a crescendo and we're making a point right and we're bringing information and disseminating information so 
Anyway, back to, what's that say? Network connection error. They keep telling me on the Facebook it's a network connection error. Right? right? Error, lost internet connection, attempting to reconnect. All right. So look, people. Um, it kicked me again. Okay, listen. So what's interesting about the film is that you find out that people who are victim of a certain taboo bad hair find a way to, if they are owners, mm -hmm. they find a way to own that that has victimized them and use it for their own sinister purpose, right? That's what you find when you're uh, when you're uh, dealing with people. They find a way right. to make their sinister thing. What's going on, Tanya M. Congress? She hey, said, Tanya. "Hey, y'all. Hopefully, this is still this is still going here." Yeah, I'm looking down. Okay. All right, so look, bad hair. Let's break down the let's break down the breakdown on it. Okay. Right? Cinematography. It's a ten. Yeah. The angles that yeah. Justin uses yeah. are not pedestrian. They are high quality. Almost Hitchcockian with his yeah. own flavor. Yes. They are not pedestrian. That's a 10, right? Yep. Storyline, through line is a 10. Imagery and slave lore. Yeah. Telling the story. That was beautifully done. That was a story beat. Yeah. That's a 10. Beautifully done. The character arc, the character arc of Anna yeah. is it's amazing. Yeah. Because she had to stretch from as an actor, she had to stretch from a shy yeah. person to a uninhibited person yeah. when I'll just say possessed. Right. Acting skill and emoting. Right. The close-ups, the way that she was able Blair Underwood is in it, right? Yeah, Blair job. Underwood makes, you know, yeah. the, the, the the white woman's catnip, yeah. right? He plays her uncle. Right? Right. She plays he plays there's a scene yeah. where he notices something. Oh yeah. And his his face yeah. is just so subtle. Right. It's subtle, but you catch it yeah. that he caught it yeah. and he's finding a way to get out of <laughs> the way, right? Right. Wardrobe and set. That's a 10. Right. Sound mixing. That's a 10. Right. right? Locations. Right. The locations that they use yeah. to bring about the late 80s feel. That's yeah. a 10. Story beats. We already talked. Full of story beats. They go from the, from the slave lore right. to her as a child yeah. to her... In the late coming of age in the late 80s, right? right. That's a 10. Believability. Right. It this is 
extremely believable and it has right. you on the edge of your seats when when it comes to its crescendo and it's right. getting there and it's a funny scene right. in this in this door behind this door I'm going to say that and then you it's just it's just hilarious, right? But it's serious at the same time. It is, time. because we just talked about when you mentioned um, believability, mm -hmm. right? It's believable because mm -hmm. we just discussed a friend of ours who actually experienced this in the workplace. Right. Right? And so the main character, Anna, is experiencing this in the workplace. Right. So it is truly believable. Historical facts. That's a 10. Yeah. You know, there is such a tree, and we're not going to say yeah. the name of the tree. Because we want you to watch reference, the film. But yeah. there is such a tree. Yes. Right? And so that's a 10, right? Bad hair. What would you rate bad hair? A 10. Yeah. I would definitely give it a 10 because it's well written, it's entertaining, it immediately moves once it begins. Once it begins. There isn't right. a dull moment in the film at all. And I love how he um, the folk folklore. Uh -huh. I love how he placed the folklore in the story. Right. Um, completely believable. Um, I love how he tied in this particular tree because we looked that up. That is completely believable. Right. Um, the acting was great. It was the all-star cast was great. Right. Um just he did a really great job and because again we reviewed dear white people right uh -huh. um and he did such a good job on that show i'm waiting we're waiting for the next episode of dear white people the next season to start i, I was wasn't surprised that bad hair was going to be good because we like we said dear white people the writing that's a great show Mm -hmm. And we knew that bad hair had to be good because, again, he talked about this like years ago. So it was definitely worth the wait. Definitely worth the wait. So bad hair is a 10. And to get context, yeah. watch School Days. Yeah. Get, get it uncut. Yeah, right? Spike Lee School Days. School Days, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, 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 40 Acres and a Mule, a Spike Lee joint. Right. Then get Chris Rock's Good Hair right. documentary right. came out in 2009. Watch that right. and then watch this. Make the and then that'll give you context right. to what's happening. Right. A film that was in the 80s, right. one that's in the 2000s, right. and now this one is in the 2020s, right? Right. Our next review of the night is The Shot. And when I tell you, we don't know why it took so long for us to actually review, watch and binge watch and review the 2019-2020 season of The Shot. You know, right? I do know why. Because we reviewed the previous season, which was a good season. But I think it took us a while to get to it because we were processing and getting the information through because this was the COVID period. So we had with the, the death of Kobe, the death of loved ones. We were dealing with COVID and disseminating that information. We had guests on the show to talk about COVID, right? Yeah. And then we also um, 
dealing with politics, right? So, yeah, so it was a lot going on. A lot going on. So, yeah. but let me tell you, this this season, right. I often reference it on hashtag observations. Right. TFR that it that something is twisting up right. as bad as the last great season of the shy. The twist and turns in this yeah. in this and this young lady right here right. who plays Keisha, we're gonna be dropping the Deserves cast the Emmy. Out. She does she does, she does because yeah. she was a reoccurring character yeah. as Keisha. Yeah. The brother, uh, the sister, excuse me, of right. the main protagonist. Right. But she really brings her A game to this character and really her emoting and everything. So Jacob Lattimore is Emmett, right? Yeah. Ronnie uh, is played by uh, M. Tari Guma. M. Bato M. Wine, right? In okay. Goma M. Batu M. Wine. I hope I, I'm M. Winey, I right. think that's what it is, right? Plays Ronnie. Ronnie really arcs. This is Ronnie right here. He really arcs in this season. Yeah, he he takes it home, right? Yeah, he does. Um, there's a lot of loss in this season. I want to yeah. tell you, you have to brace yourself. If you had missed, if you watched the first two and then you missed the third season like we did yeah. because of this COVID situation, brace yourself right. because you will be shocked at who... There's a lot of loss. Keisha, right? Right. Burgundy... Uh oh, I can't read my own writing. Let's see, I'm looking on here. Burgundy too. Baker. I can't even say it. it looks like I'm saying biker. Okay. It's Baker. Right? This is okay. Burgundy Baker, right? She okay. plays Keisha. When yeah. I tell you the season starts out one way, yeah. and you think that the season is gonna be about a marriage and the family dynamic in this marriage. Right. But all of a sudden it just Twist, yes, and it goes in a whole nother direction. It goes right. left, and yeah. the whole ensemble cast is involved in yeah. this left, yeah, left turn, right? Yeah. Uh, Camille Holloway, yes, is Lena, uh, is played by Lena Waite, right? Who was the creator of the show? That's right, that's right. Okay, I'm, I'm looking here. Little Rail is Zeke. Okay. I can't read uh, Remnick. Yeah, I can't read my own writing. Uh, Little Rail plays Zeke Remnick. So it's a lot of guest people that come in today. Yeah. Trig is played by Luke James. Luke James is Excellent bringing yeah. a great performance yeah, in this. Is. He comes from off of being on, what's the show? Oh my gosh. Well, we reviewed it too. Um, Lee Daniels. Lee Daniels. Star. star. Right. He comes from off a star and right. jumps on this. And I'm telling you, Luke James is bringing it. His, yeah. his ability to emote and yeah. bring that subtleness to this street dude. Yeah. Trying to go the right way yeah. and trying to bring his brother along the right way. It, 
it's beautifully done. And Jasmine Drake. Davis, she does a great job too playing Luke James' girlfriend. Right. She plays Imani, right? Right. Dre plays. Uh, Dre is played by um, Hyman. I can't. My writing is atrocious. Miriam A. Hyman okay. uh, plays Dre. Right. Yep. Rosalind is portrayed by Candy Burris. Yeah. Candy Burris brings her A game in. Yeah, this. she does. I mean, they have unbelievable. They have a lot of cameos yeah. in this, right? Yeah. Who else? Um uh, Dom is played by Lala Anthony. Lala Anthony has a great PR and agent yeah. because she came right off of the number one show. Yeah, power. And, and jumps right into another great show right. in the shy. And she plays Dom, right? Yeah. Um Shaman Brown Jr. plays yeah. Papa. Yeah. Uh Stanley Jackson. And Michael Epps yeah. plays Jake Taylor. I wonder if Michael Epps is related, related to, to Mike Epps. No, not or Mike Omar Epps. Epps. Omar Epps. Right? I wonder if they're related, right? Uh, Jake Taylor. It, th this season is just twisting season. and turning. And it should have received all kinds of nominations yeah. and all kinds of awards. It has an ensemble cast. Yeah. You meet new people. Yeah. You lose some of the stalwarts in yeah. the show. I mean, it's just, it's just a great season. The shy season three. Uh, our synopsis: where redemption is hard to achieve, but that doesn't stop Ronnie, who like Emmett, his friends, and Kevin search for a missing person yeah. who must find the strength and will to survive. That's what that's what this season three is about, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's multiple stories yeah. jumping yeah. at the same time at you. This is a great show. This is a great show to binge, watch, yeah. get your popcorn, get your people. Yeah. Around the television cell, social distance unless you're in herd immunity like a lot of people are. And just gang around and say, we are all cured of COVID. And we're going to watch this and we're going to have a good time. Yeah. What you got to say about it? This was a great season. Like you said, just so many twists and turns. I don't want to give anything away. But she did capture not only what's going on in Chicago... But what's going on across the country, um, young black girls, right, um, being kidnapped. And um, and basically, meanwhile... We didn't want to give them that. Well, that was the twist. Well, no, it's more to it than that because they don't know who. They don't know who because we have this big cast. So they don't know who and they don't know when, right? Right. So, um, and I love how this community comes together kind of like uh, a couple of months ago I forget what city was it in Atlanta or was it in the Midwest when um, a young a couple of young uh, uh, black girls were being kidnapped but some of the guys and women from the community 
blew down. They they busted in a house and they saved these children. Do you remember that story? Mm. So they took it in their own hands mm-hmm. and they saved the lives of these young children. Uh-huh. So um, because most of the time they don't really push stories on the news when there are um, when uh, black little boys and girls are being yeah, there's um, no Amber kidnapped. Alert. There's yeah. no Amber, Amber Alert. Right. There's no big to do high. And um, so I like when I see like the communities they pick up the pick the up the, the mantle and yeah. just move forward and it actually happened. So when I saw the episode on uh, when I saw it on the shy and uh, art imitates life yeah, arts imitating life. Yeah. Let me tell you something. The acting in this season, we're playing the trailer now. The acting in this season, I mean, it really elevates to the next level. And it seems like it's, like I said, it's going one way. You can see it in the trailer, but it, then it switch around, switches around and it goes a total other direction. And it twists up uh, love and loss. And redemption. I mean, it's just uh, a great piece of cinematography, uh, a great uh, work of episodic television of cinema, right? If it was in a theater, it would be just fantastic, right? So, cinematography, let's break this down. Let's break break it down. Cinematography, okay, wait a minute, let me see something. Tanya M. Congress said, uh, he thinks that they they are cousins. I think the Eps, right? And she says, laughing out loud on the writing. That's right. I'm going to start typing this up because when I'm writing, I'm doing chicken scratch. And the more you type, the less you, your penmanship is, and it's just like wow. But anyway, I looked it up. They are first cousins. Ah, she looked okay. it up. They are first cousins. Okay. The Eps. Okay. All right. All right. So let's go through. Let's break this down. Cinematography is a 10. Storyline, through line is a 10. The character art, yeah. what they did this season with the characters, right? Yeah. They are arcing and they're, they, they're developing and they're getting older and they're, especially the three, uh, there's the main protagonist, right. but then there's his two friends and they're all getting older yeah. and they, they're developing and having their own yeah. personality yeah. quirks. Yeah. They still stick out even they all stick together even yeah. though no matter what. sometimes they argue just like friends. Right. Mm-hmm. Just like family, you know. Acting skill, the emoting. I'm telling you, this young lady right here, Burgundy, she really steps up on her A game on this. Wardrobe, car, set, ten. The locations that they use make Chicago definitely a character in in the story, for sure. That's a 10. Story beats. I mean, connecting from friendships to friends, loss to loss to love. Everything is connected together. That's a 10, right? Believability is a 10. It's based on what you can actually see and experience in any hood, but it's based in Chicago. Right. Historical facts. 
showing the historical facts of Chicago. That's a 10. What would you rate the shot? I would definitely rate it a 10. Mm -hmm. um, because like we were talking about earlier, um, in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, this was June 28th, 2020. Mm -hmm. The neighborhood, um, there were missing children, two missing teenage girls, right? Mm -hmm. So the neighbors, they took it um, um, you know, upon themselves to bust down <laughs> and uh, on a house that they felt they felt something funny was going on and it was just strange and then they had missing children and the neighbors decided hey something is going on in that house mm -hmm. they busted in the house and they found the two girls mm -hmm. and so um this is where the, uh, the the community actually came together and saved the lives of two children mm -hmm. so yeah so when we saw this episode and then i thought about the story and um but yeah, just uh, that's what I love about it. It's, it takes a community. It takes a community. It takes a and, community. And it showed that everyone wasn't too concerned. Right. So you say you give it a 10. I definitely give it a 10 because I love like the acting. Um, the previous episodes, the young lady who uh, basically starred as the Burgundy. star this season. Burgundy, yeah. yeah. She did really good. I always thought she was a good actress. But now, but, but this season, like you said, she just emoted. Is the term you use? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She emoted. And, That's um, on the close-ups. But her ability, her physicality yeah. in it, you and the relationship between her and her brother. Mm -hmm. They really dug into it more. I mean, because yeah. you knew that they it was were complex. Close. It turned more. It turned complex. more complex. And then um, the relationship with her and her mother and her uh, stepmother. Mm -hmm. um, and it just again, again, we don't want to give anything away, but the community, right. how the community came together. They did like a really good job. It was yeah. believable. So watch it. Yeah. You will enjoy it. The yeah. shy third season. I give it a ten. I now, give it a ten also. The next uh, show, series okay. that we're going to uh, review is called The Crown, right? It is now on its fourth season, right? And it talks to Queen Elizabeth, right? Queen Elizabeth is played by quite a few people. Clara Furry, Olivia... Calhoun, I guess that's the name. My yeah, writing is, is is atrocious. Well, well, uh, the first two seasons, right? The first two seasons of The Crown is starring Claire Foy as uh -huh. Queen Elizabeth in her younger years, right? right. Uh -huh. And then so season three opens up with. Let's see if I can get the cast Olivia names. Olivia Coleman. Yes, her Olivia Coleman. She okay. opens up. Season three as the middle age Queen Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. Then the third season? Yes. Is is Amanda the, Stanton. My, my writing. I, I'm writing too fast. Here, okay, so we have it right uh, here. Go ahead. Okay, so first see okay, so it's starring Clara Foy, Olivia Coleman opens up season three as the middle aged Queen Elizabeth the second, right? Mm -hmm. Um Imanda. Imanda Staten plays 
she had to have been the younger. No, teenage. no, she she's coming. She's coming in. She's she's Where a little she older. Yeah, I mean, she's a little older, and then uh, Miriam Bailey is going to play the fourth season. She's playing the older queen, I believe. And then season that season, season four, is, is the introduction to Princess Diana. That's right, Princess Diana. Right. Right? John Lithgow as Winston Churchill. Oh, he does a great job. I mean, he plays that part. He is great her... Job. He is her mentor. Yes. You know, he really takes Queen Elizabeth II under yes. his wing yes. and teaches her what she needs to know, right? Yes. Emma Kerwin is Princess Diana in season four, right? right? Uh, Tobias, I can't read it. Men Zealous is Philip the Duke. Matt Smith also... So plays Philip the Duke, right? Philip is Prince Philip. He marries Elizabeth II, right? But he's a Duke, right? The story, so let's go through the synopsis because it's an ensemble cast, but we want to go through. So there's so many people in yeah. this. This is on the fourth season, right? Yeah. You have to watch this show. Why do you have to watch this show? Because you get to see what Europeans. What Europeans, right. how they think, right. what they think, how they think, why they think, when they think. Right. You, and you learn about the, the colonization um, of and the, the different countries in and Africa. The and the decolonization, right? Because in season four, right. no, in season three is okay. the decolonization of Kenya. Okay. Right? And, and, and Prince Charles comes of age. Okay. Right? So I mean, it's a uh, uh, interesting. It's interesting to watch right. and learn and right. see. And Prince, uh, pr I mean, Queen Elizabeth II has yeah. reigned for a very long time. Very long time. I and then in watching this, you also learn about more about the monarchy as far as sacrifices. That has to be, um, they have to be made for the crown. That's right, because it says, because at the very beginning, one of her mentors tells her right. that no matter what, right. the crown must win. Right. It's nothing personal that the right. decisions that you make is all about the crown right. must win. And maybe yeah. American black people should pick that up and say that they should be out to recover the crown. You should go look up uh, Queen Sophia. Sophia and look at Queen Sophia very closely and you would see why Queen, just our opinion, Queen Elizabeth II would be looking at old girl who married her Ooh, oh, grandson. Uh, right. Miss Markle and look at, looking at her and saying right. uh, certain people fought to make sure the crown would no longer be in black hands and this if something happened to all of us except for those two it would fall back into black hands just just uh, observation like Monday through Friday 9.30 a.m. Pacific 12.30 p.m. 
Eastern, Monday through Friday on all of the places that we stream, right? So let's go through the synopsis. The story of the rise of Queen Elizabeth II to Monarch to now, the happenings, the players, the the mentors, Churchill, the behind the scenes reenactments of what has actually happened in real life. The life of Elizabeth II, Queen of England, right? Mm -hmm. So, what would you give the crown I would so far? Because we're on third season. Right. The fourth season begins. As a matter of fact, this is the trailer. I cut all of the trailers together, one through four. This is this is where Princess Diana is introduced and you really understand from the very beginning in the opening when the mentor told, told her that the crown must win. It's nothing personal on what you do. The crown must win. Well, you so know what? what do you think about? What I think about it is great acting first of all and when I learned that Claire Foy was She's the one playing Queen Elizabeth II. I said, okay, this is going to be good. Because we reviewed uh, Claire Floyd, Foy, Claire Ford. I'm going to be getting tongue tied. Uh, Claire Foy. She, um, she stars in The Girl in the Spider's Web, 2018 film. And we reviewed it and we talked about her acting, right? So when I learned that she's playing Queen Elizabeth, the first two seasons, I said, okay, it's gonna, it, it has got to be good because she's a good actress, right? And um, and she definitely did not disappoint. Um, and watching this film, and it's on um, Netflix. Netflix, it's on Netflix. And so watching it, you learn more and more about their the family. Yeah. yeah, about their family and how important the crown is not only to the country but to the family as well and the sacrifices that had to be made so then fast forward today with uh Meghan Markle and Prince Harry, Prince Harry um you can kind of see where the queen's mind state is because she had to sacrifice for the crown. Mm -hmm. Her sister had to, once you see it, you'll understand what I'm saying, but her sister had to sacrifice. The queen's husband had to sacrifice. It's just like family members had to sacrifice uh, personal relationships and personal things that they wanted to do, certain hobbies or just, just certain things. The crown just came first, right? Comes first. It must win. Right. So then... You know, you have to not be involved in other countries' politics, right? So that falls under the crown. But then you, here comes an American, right? Meghan Markle and the family. And she has her own thought process. And she's an independent woman, right? Mm -hmm. And she wants to use her voice mm -hmm. because it's part of her culture as an American woman, right? to be very outspoken. So, 
that's where I believe the cultural clash may be. Yeah. Right? Because like you said, and like they always say, the crown comes first. The crown must win. It must win. So that's right. just learning that and just watching the film, it helped me to So Megan Markle said Megan Markle said, let me get out of here because you know. Yeah. You know, the so, crown must win. And right. Not, so that's why I'm looking forward to season four. Right, right. Right. To see what Queen Diana went through because Queen Diana like princess. making oh, princess. She, she never oh, made Yeah, that's queen. true. She never made Princess Diana, she was also a free spirit, free thinking woman, much like Meghan Markle, right? Mm-hmm. Someone who was considered and an she outsider. Got, she got involved she got involved with Fayette. Right. So we learned all of this in season four. So mm-hmm. I think season four is going to be very November fifteenth it debuts on Netflix. Let's go through the uh let's go through the breakdown. Character okay. arc. I had to start with that first. Character arc is a ten. Going from a inexperienced young girl. Right. Who was her father? I would say her father's favorite. Right. Assuming the 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 throne, that's a ten. Ascending to the throne, that's a ten. Right. Storyline, through line, is a ten. Acting skill, emoting, that's a ten. Right. Wardrobe, cars, sets, going through all of these various different decades, that's a ten. Locations, that's a 10. Right. Story beats, that's a 10. Believability to every single last detail, right. 10. Historical facts, yeah. that's a 10. And I ended with cinematography because the cinematography on this, the use of light, the use of colors, the use of camera movement, the use of camera angles yeah. to tell the story yeah. is a 10. Yes. So what would you give the crown? I would give it a 10 also. And I also want to add to that list music. Okay. Because, you know. It catches the it various catches, decades. It does. They do a great job doing that. So, yeah. Yeah, so I mean. The crown is well worth watching, right? And you will learn something, right? You need to know, to not know what people do and how they think is a recipe for disaster if you plan to one day take something over. It's a recipe for disaster not to know how to go about doing it. It's just... Just plain and simple. All you right. know what? Before we move on, a very interesting episode is the episode. Look out for the episode featuring um, President John F. Kennedy and his wife, Jackie uh, Kennedy. Or just Visit. say Jackie Onassis. Well, at the time, she wasn't an Onassis yes, at the yeah, time. Onassis. So their visit to... To visit their visit to uh, the Queen. To the Queen. <laughs> to the yeah. Queens. That's right. Because that Camelot, Camelot meets the actual Queen. Right. So that was very interesting. Them uh, joining the Queen at Buckingham Palace. That so, was an so, interesting episode. So the crown, I give it a 10. Yes. All right, people. You know that it's Halloween, and you know we've been breaking down films. Right. 
that are good for American blacks in the black diaspora to watch during this Halloween season and we are coming around we are winding down this is the home stretch episode you need to go back to the previous episodes and watch because we broke down our top 10 from last year uh, the um, black exploit top 10 black exploitation of all time and then we went through a list of four week for week for week but now we're on the fourth week right and when we come back again it'll be November 1st wow. so Halloween and the whole of October will have been over and we'll be heading into something new right so Horror good for American blacks and the black diaspora to watch during the Halloween season, right? So, these are the next films. Scream 2, 1997. The character in the film is Joel. It's acted by, the actor is Dwayne Martin. If you haven't seen Scream 2, you have to see it. The next film is Scary Movie 4, 2006. Character is quote-unquote Shaq. Actor is Shaquille O'Neal. Stage Fright, 1987. The character is Willie. Actor is James Sampson. You have to see these films, right? Number four, this is one I threw in. It, it has no black actors in it at all, but it's the original stage fright. Mm -hmm. It's Alfred Hitchcock's mm -hmm. stage fright, 1950. But again, this is a film where you watch how people think, right. you see how they do, and if they do that to each other, what will they do to you, right? So, no black actors in the cast. Okay. Watch the original. Stars Jane Wyman, okay. Marlena Dietrich, and Richard Todd. That's stage fright. So, watch the remake in 87, from 87, and then okay. go back and watch the King of Suspense, Alfred Hitchcock. Number five, Event Horizon, 1997, right? Character is Captain Miller. Actor is Lawrence Fishburne. Another character is Cooper. Actor Richard T. Jones. John, the next film, John Carpenter's The Thing, 1982. That is a personal favorite of mine. My sister and I went to the movies to see that mm -hmm. in 82, right? Mm -hmm. That is a personal favorite of mine. That's mm -hmm. when I really because the thing, the original, okay. the black and white okay. uh, starring James Ornez mm -hmm. as the thing okay. seeing the difference between it, because they used to come on super hopes. That used to be a uh, a guy who had an alter ego named Super Host, and he would have the Saturday morning matinee theater, yeah. and the thing would come on on there, or we had the ghoul, 
Right. And the ghoul would play the thing. And Big Chuck and Little John. Big Chuck and Little John would play the thing. Right. 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 And the whole premise behind it. So seeing this one was totally different because the special effects was totally different. Yeah. It the original was a fright fest with him just standing there. <laughs> but this was totally different. It was using the special effects and I mean it was incredible, right? Character is Childs, right? Yeah. Actor Keith David. Keith David, this is his first big screen role. Mm -hmm. You know, Keith David plays the father on Greenleaf now. Oh. Right? Oh. Okay. Right? Yeah. But in the thing, he yeah. played Childs, and he and and um, Kurt Russell mm -hmm. are the last two yep. left. Right? And so, see that one? That, that's a good film. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 1989. Oh gosh, horrifying. Nightmare on <laughs> Elm Street number five. Character Yvonne Miller. Actor Kelly Jo Mentor. Right? Matter of fact, you see her in the uh, horror noir. Oh, okay. Right? They interview yeah. her in there. Yeah. And number eight Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, 1990. Character Benny, actor Ken Foray. So you see, we've had our presence in horror films. Who do you, and growing up, who do you think whose film frightened you the most? Like, which character was most horrifying to you as a child? Horrifying. You know what? It wasn't. It wasn't a horror movie. Okay. It was a, a episode of Real People. Oh, okay. You know, it was an episode of Real People. Okay. And they were talking about this woman that was wrongfully lynched. Okay. I mean, she, she was a white woman, but okay. I'm saying lynched, but she was hung. Right. She was hung, mostly for being a witch, I think. Okay. And... What happened was they kept doing the close-up on her eyes and mm -hmm. her face. Mm -hmm. And they showed, because they had the actual pictures of the hanging, and they had her legs bound together with rope. And you could see the button-up lace, the button-up boots, right? Mm -hmm. And she was hanging with a, with a thing over her arms were tied behind her back. And they kept showing the photo of her face of photo that she had taken mm -hmm. and I mean that stayed with me and I could not mm -hmm. sleep so it wasn't really a horror film mm -hmm. it was an episode where they kept and they had that eerie music going through there mm -hmm. and then they said that President Carter mm -hmm. uh, pardoned her because mm -hmm. she was wrongfully hung okay. and they said that her ghost haunted mm -hmm. this house and, and mm -hmm. so that real life things Catch me. Okay, well, you know what? For me, growing up, it was Nightmare on Elm Street. Really? And that was because because what uh, Friday the Thirteenth, right? And Halloween, those villains um, you could fight off and get away from. But Freddy Krueger, you had to go to sleep. 
So it's like you, no one could avoid Freddy Krueger. That was terrifying because even in the film, they would try to stay awake and not go to sleep, but you would eventually fall asleep. So I think Freddy Krueger was the most horrifying um, character for me as a child growing up because I'm like, you, you can't get away from him. Mm. Like, because you can't even run and hide like you could with Jason or Michael Myers. You can at least try to fight them off and run and hide. But with Freddy, you couldn't hide anywhere. You couldn't hide. You couldn't hide anywhere. Yeah, yeah. They, they were good. But you know what I liked about uh, the English dude, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Robert English. Okay, who played Freddy Krueger. That's right. Okay. He brought a certain swagger. That's before the word even existed. Yeah. The way they use it today. Right. He brought a certain swagger to... Right to Freddy Krueger that he was comical with what he was doing. Yeah. You know, you would laugh and you would be hilarious, but it was episode two, mm -hmm. and I think, um, I mean, the second installment of it, mm -hmm. and I think that Kevin Bacon was in it, because I know mm -hmm. Kevin Bacon was in Friday the 13th, but I okay. thought that he was in this one too. I he could be wrong. Been. Could have been, but it's when he melted, he had some vinyl sitting on the so it was kind of hanging off the edge. Mm -hmm. And when Freddy Krueger came in the dream, mm -hmm. he heated the room up and it melted the vinyl. Okay. And that's when I said, oh, no. Because I was a DJ. I said, oh, no. Okay. We would, no, no. We would have some problems. You know what but I mean? You know what, what made me feel better is uh, episodes later, the one episode of uh, Freddy Krueger where you learned where all of this came from. So as a kid, when I learned that he was only going after the people who, whose parents, you know, had tortured him, mm -hmm. I was like, okay, well, I didn't, we didn't do anything to him, so I should be okay. <laughs> as a kid, you know, I had to logically think that. But out. then they did the remake. Yeah, in the two thousands, I think it was, and I don't know who that was, but is that the is it the one with the Freddy Krueger versus Jason? No, 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 no that was Not, good. That, that one was, was good. good. Kelly Rowland was in that one. No, she no, did a good job no, they did the remake with a whole new actor, and it wasn't. Uh, and they tried English. to make it. Okay. They tried to make it. We went to the theater and said, oh, that was that was." Trash. Yeah, because he didn't have any swag, and it wasn't Robert. Uh, English. English, right? He wasn't playing Freddy Krueger. Right. It was some. It was a shorter guy, and he was he wasn't comical. He was more brutal. Okay. But the murders weren't really as. It was just. It was more like a psychological thriller than it was a horror film, and I think that's where they made their mistake. But that was trash. Well, so anyway. But you know what? Today, if we fast forward it today, mm -hmm. uh, Topsy and Bopsy. Horrifying. Horrifying. Who's it? Topsy and Bopsy. Topsy and Bopsy. Absolutely. Horrifying. Right? So now, people, rounding out the review for for this 136th episode of the film review, hashtag TFR Podcast Live, right. is one about a Lone Ranger, a Lone Ranger, Bass Reeves. Did you know that the Lone Ranger was actually based on a black man named Bass Reeves? All right? That's right. 
the Lone Ranger. So that's why they wore uh, uh, he, he wore a black mask to right. represent being a black man. He was right. a Lone Ranger, right? So Hell on the Border, okay. 20, 2019, it is plays on Hulu. It's based on Bass on the Bass Reeves story. It's actually I'm gonna have to say it's a Bass Reeves story. But. It's a interpretation of Bass Reeves, right? So let me see if I can get this African name right. David Giassi. Is that who plays? Giassi plays Bass Reeves. Oh, David wow. Giassi plays Bass Reeves. Uh Vernon Davis is Columbus. Jerica Ricard is Augusta. Okay. It's an ensemble cast. I picked out okay. the black characters, okay. you know, yeah. in it. You can go read the rest on IMDb if you want, right? Okay. So this is, we're going to do some spoilers in this tonight because this right here, this is not really, what I'm getting ready to read right now is not really a synopsis of the film. It's more of a review of the film, right? So let me see if I can read my chicken scratch real quick. <laughs> A film which purports to tell the story of the actual Lone Ranger Bass Reeves. It takes too long, but it takes too long to get to the initiating events. Too long. We open with Reeves walking as the White Ranger is riding a horse. There is a gunfight sequence which at best is amateurist in concept, execution, and edit. It is not believable. It is not believable. I will say it again. It is not believable, but it's supposed to show the skill of Bass Reeves, but certain things about Gunfighting or guns in particular, you know, this is the trailer playing now. You know that those certain things wouldn't happen, right? Uh, leaves you asking can someone else make take another crack at the story? This, this is nothing like The Watchmen. See, if I hadn't saw The Watchmen, right? The Watchmen opens with a representation of Bass Reeves in his full nigritude. That's right. Nigritude is a word. It doesn't have to do with knee. But it's nigritude. He's in his full nigritude, his full awareness of who he is. Of who he is, who he is, his self, and who he is to the people who he is, who he who he rangers for. This is not that. This is a Caucasian. I don't know who directed, who wrote it, who wrote it. Excuse me, but they wrote it like 
someone who was writing to be in if they are American black or if they're black they were writing to be in meritorious manumission if they are Caucasian they were writing a Caucasian fantasy about how Bass Reeves was downtrodden in the beginning and this film seeing Bass Reeves walking he's not even a a He's like a sidekick. He's like, he's like Tonto, except for at least Tonto had a horse. Bass Reeves in this doesn't have a horse. He's in the opening. Yeah. In the over, he's like walking alongside the ranger. He's not even a ranger. He, the ranger just uses him because he has certain abilities. He's like the magical Negro. That's a that's a trope. That's a type of person he's a magical negro he can do certain things that you know you wouldn't that superhuman stuff that people wouldn't expect that's what makes it partially trash now i'm spoiled because i saw bass reeves in his full representation and the people in the story are descendants of bass reeves within the mind of the child. And you have to watch The Watchmen to see that, right? HBO. That's right. And so seeing him there, this is a poor representation. If you were going to show Bass Reeves in Downtrodden State, you would have to present Bass Reeves as his full imagined, full human being and let that be in flashback, right? So automatically, this film does not work for that reason and if if it was an American black playing the role they would say can we do some rewriting on this because some of this doesn't make sense some of the fight sequences they don't make sense and it's not real because I grew up watching the outlaw Josie Wells before I found out that it was written by a confederate Indian a confederate Indian. But my favorite part before I even knew anything about the North and the South and slavery, because our parents didn't talk about it, they, they afforded us a certain lifestyle, they didn't tell us about it. But once I transcended from junior high school into high school, into Polish high school, I got on my ride. Right, because I had been in a cocoon with my own black people. The problems that we had were black black concern but when you get to the Caucasians it's a totally different thing and it's a life and death matter yeah. right so you know see, seeing this right, right you have to see the person in full scope so watching the watchman he's in full yeah. who he is yeah. this is not so an American black person would have said let me have a rewrite because this doesn't make sense this guy he's just happy that he's acting right and uh, acting to me isn't that great right you know so I mean wait so I mean what did you think about it because well, we cut it off we, to be honest to be honest we cut it off it, it, it just was unwatchable when you see bass reeves in 
the Watchmen, if the Watchmen hadn't have come out, right. then maybe you would have sat through, okay, you understand it, but this was like a woe is me tale, and yeah. then this man is so bashful. Right. We're going to we're gonna watch it afterwards to see if he ever arcs, and how long it takes to arc, but the way it was set up, that with the initiating event didn't happen in the first five minutes, and then the the, his dramatic need didn't happen within the 10 to 15 minutes of the film and whoever shot it didn't know about the structure of filmmaking if this was going to be a hero's journey there's a whole layout on how to go about telling that story and this took too long you see you got the, got the dudes running around the pole and Right, and they, they make it say, and this came out through Lionsgate. Lionsgate, how he became a legend, right? All right, so let, let, let's break this down real quick, right? Not believable at all. Cinematography is a seven, it's very pedestrian, right? It's seven, yeah, that's good. I'm, I'm getting because, because of the fact that. They did have to come back with the light. Like okay. when you watch the it, you see the light. sun. Yeah. They're using natural light to shoot it, and they're using well, they're not even using reflectors. They're using natural light, and at night they're using 500 watt okay. to 1,000 watt uh, lamps, right? Okay. 250 lumen. Yeah, I can look at it and tell, right? So. Cinematography with the lighting and everything and the movement of the camera, I give it a seven. Storyline through line is a two. It's too slow. Character arc, he hadn't got there yet by the time we stopped it. That was a two. Acting emoting skill. For what the actors have, because they have some name actors in this, for what they had to deal with, I give them a seven, right? Wardrobe, it was Western, but it looks, the way it looks, it looks as if they were just, they found something from the Army Navy store to try to look like it was Western. Forget that too. The locations, I have to give them credit for being creative on locations. Yeah, they, they use are. some of those cabins. Know those cabins in Ohio where they used to take us on the tour and they would show you the old uh, homesteads and the cabins are still standing. They use some of those reserve what they call reserve lands like in, some the, of the ones we saw here. in the park. Right. They use some of those to represent like outposts. So I have to give it, and you can see it in the film, so that they're preserved, right? So I give that a 10. Story beats, zero. Believability is a zero. Historical facts, zero. Hell, on the board. What would you give Hell on the board? First of all, it just took forever. I don't know if it was the first 45 minutes, 30 minutes or whatever for me. It just dragged. It didn't pick up. Right? So, I mean, I would, 
I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I wasn't happy with the film at all. Uh-huh. So what would you give it? So, I mean, I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. And, yeah. You know, I would have to be awfully bored to try to watch it again. So, you know, I would hate to say it's zero. But Don't be shy. Let's, let's go with a three. A three. You said a three. Hey, I did mean average from off of the score I came up with. Okay. And Hell on the Border. Okay. It's a 3.3333333. So it's a 3.33, you know, a little dash above the three to say that it's three three threes, but you cut it off. So it's 3.33. That's what I gave it. So you gave it a three. I gave it a 3.33 through mean average, right? So this is a uh, interesting piece of, in our opinion, waste of celluloid. celluloid, as we say. It's no longer celluloid, but you know how we, how we do it. All right. That's right, that's right. So, people, so we want to let you know, right? Let me, let me pause that for a minute so you don't hear that anymore. Listen, people. We, you, 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 you see that, you see that, you see this right here, you see this right here, this is on all of our ads for the film review and observations. It's our code, so you can go straight to the cash app, right? You go straight to the cash app, just put your phone up there, and it'll, it'll go, and it'll take you straight to the dollar sign tfr podcast live okay drop a few dollars on what we are doing so we can continue to bring you great programming because we definitely make sure that we produce programming that show you that we appreciate you watching us every sunday and monday through Friday and we have new programming debuting soon on Saturday. I am a working hard working guy, right? <laughs> so now people, as we close out this episode, right? Okay. As we always do around this time, we have to say there are four shows that you should definitely Binge watch, especially okay. since now they're able to be binge watched, right? And then the net, the last is coming up to be able to be binge watched pretty soon. But as I put this up, let me put that there and bring that down. So there are four shows that kind of, like we said last week, tie in history, his story and our story together. There is love. Craft Country. Right. It just finished. Yeah. yeah. And it is a no holds bar situation at the end. Right. right. And I'm wondering if it's going to go the way of a stars show called mm -hmm. American Gods. Once a new showrunner comes in or mm -hmm. a new executive producer comes in who happens to be Caucasian and may not want it to be as raw okay. 
as it is. But watch Lovecraft Country. Very yeah. good. Watchmen. The one that set the pace on all of this, yeah. right? Watchmen. You have to watch it. Regina King. Yeah. That's right. You have to watch that. It is a great, great episodic. Yeah, it, it talks about Tulsa. Matter of yeah. fact, Lovecraft Country talks about Tulsa, right? Mm -hmm. Then we have Fargo, which yeah. we're going to watch yeah. right after we get off of here in the Chris next Rock. episode. That's yeah. right, Chris Rock. You know, this is, it, it, it's good and it's telling the story, but it's mm -hmm. kind of shaping up right now, kind of like, uh, Godfather Harlem, oh, like it's, it's Godfather Harlem, better. but Godfather <laughs> Harlem, like just when you think that the character is going to get over, oh, something happens and he's always losing, and it's being masked like it's a show. So, and then we got to deal with Malcolm X's assassination this second season. Because Malcolm left the nation. But it's another show that once it comes up, we will be putting that up too as another show that builds history, that tells story about history. But Fargo 4, starring Chris Rock, based out of Kansas City, yeah. right? Yeah. A main character has... Well, you'll see. You have to watch it, right? And then, of course, the Good Lord Bird, right? And you have to watch these shows because they are giving you the history and context of what was going on with American Black people right. during those particular periods right. in time, right. right? So, look, we're only going to tell you the facts about what is so you can save pocket revenue. We're going to give you the reviews to help you save pocket revenue right. so you don't have to waste time right. watching certain things and you can wait for them to come to bargain bin. You know what I mean? Yeah. But these four across the top are some quality television right now. Yeah. Right? And of course, the films and the series that we reviewed tonight are quality. The horror that yeah. is good for American blacks and the black diaspora to watch. Go back to the last, the previous three episodes and get the list. And when you have your Halloween party, have those films going in the background. Or if you want to have a binge watch of Halloween films. And you want to start like on Monday and go all the way through. You have nothing to do until our next show on Sunday. Right. Do that and watch these films and you will be entertained because yeah. they are not a shock right. to your soul. And and we the, have a person that wants to oh, okay. come in at five minutes okay. left. So we will take them on. They want to talk. 612... 612, you're on. Who's on the line? Yes, sir. Good evening, guys. Thanks for my call. What's going on? Who 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 are we speaking with? Yeah, my name is David. I'm calling out of Philadelphia. Yeah, hey, what's going on, David? Philadelphia. What what's on your mind? 
Yeah, I was going to talk a little about the election that's coming up here in about a week. Oh, man, we're not really talking about the election. You want to know why? Want to know why? Why is that? Why is that? Because we're, we, yeah. we, we moved on from the election because we've said everything that has needed to be said about the election. You know, we're moving on from it. Like, the episodes are uh, hashtag observations TFR 1 through 43. We have hit everything and every type of aspect and every type of direction every type of nook and cranny every type of thought showing all sides of the thought we've done all that we're moving on the election is next week but we're not talking about that anymore we're moving on to other things so it's not nothing i just want to know who you thought was going to win nothing oh i i i don't care because i don't have a dog in that hunt so, okay. I don't okay. care. All right, thanks, man. All right, thank you. All right, people. You see, because we don't stay on that hamster wheel. We have said everything that we needed to say about that, and we have moved on. We are moving on. We are moving on. We are moving on. Because that is said and done, and that is it. Did you tell them what network uh, uh, Watchmen is on? Watchmen, Watchmen is, on is on HBO. HBO. That's yeah. right. You saw And you know, that. I love Craft Country, right? Uh-huh. Because I know, and I saw in certain writings, some people um, were confused when watching this show, right? Mm-hmm. So we compare it to, you know, when you're young and those adventure books that they gave yeah. you to read as a child. And then you say, and, which way would you go? Turn yeah. to page 97? Right, and the character home. will have different adventures. It's the same character, right? But they're going through different a- adventures. So that's what we would compare Lovecraft Country to. Because all of the characters, the main characters are the same. It's just that each of them you know they're having different adventures, and it's an ensemble. It's cast. ensemble. Great, well great written. acting. Well written. If, um, if Topsy yeah. and Bobsy don't get some recognition, right? The, that episode, that that <laughs> that uh, Jigga Bobo, yeah, something is wrong. And we want to see at least five more seasons hard hitting like that yeah. before they decide to say it's too much for black people to see. So people. This has been another great episode. Another great episode of TFR Podcast Live. That's hashtag TFR Podcast Live. We appreciate you tuning in, uh, coming in and listening and watching us. We love that you go on to the onto Apple Podcasts and on your favorite podcast provider and you listen to the shows, right? And make sure that you go to Cash App Dollar sign TFR podcast line and drop a few dollars because we show you that we appreciate you by bringing quality shows with visual presentation. With quality banging sound, with trailers, with presentations edited down by yours truly, Crazy D. We will see you on Monday, 
my sister and I at 9.30 a.m. Pacific, 12.30 p.m. Eastern on Observations. Observations. But we will see you next Sunday at 5.30 p.m. Pacific, 8.30 Eastern for another episode of Hashtag TFR Podcast Live. I love this show. The Film Review. Movies, music, culture, politics, society, podcast, interviews, movie reviews, and more. Live Sundays at 5.30 p.m. on the Film Review Live channel. Subscribe. Hi, this is Bernadette Stannis, Thelma from Good Times, and you're watching the Film Review. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.